from Local 12 Sports. It's the Skinny Podcast. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. It's the Bengals post-game edition. I'm Richard Skinner along with Chris Reichel. After the Bengals finish the season with a win over the Cleveland Browns, 31-14. And as always, it's presented by Blake, the attorney, Maislin. Skinny, it's the preseason game. I don't think any of us really wanted to watch, but... Hey, the Bengals get a win. They end the season with a winner. I, I had a friend of mine who's a season ticket holder that actually texted me in the fourth quarter. This is the coldest preseason game I've ever <laughs> attended. And he's he's probably not too wrong. Definitely, definitely the, yeah, from preseason standards, there's no question about that. I think Jake Browning said it best at the end when everyone was talking about, oh, a great win. You guys offensively woke up. He goes, look, great win, but let's not get it twisted. Yeah. There were a lot of guys on that sideline for the Browns, but... It was a very good performance by the Bengals. I think Zach Taylor hit it on the head in the opening of his press conference saying these guys didn't roll over. This is a team that very well could have rolled over the last couple weeks, but here they are in 9-8. and eight. That seems significant. It's funny, on Wednesday when we talked to him, I think I was one of the first ones that asked about the winning, you know, what does a winning season mean? And that theme continued. And finally somebody asked it again, and he said, I don't think you're listening to me. We are trying to win this game. And I do think there is some significance to it. Listen, the, the playoffs weren't significant. I know for fans it's, well, you probably cost yourself a couple of slots in the draft because you've you know finished with a winning record. Some others are going to finish with losing records um, who lost today that were hovering around 500. But to these guys, it mattered. And I think there's something to be said for that. Um, I thought Jake Browning said it really well. He said, you know, I saw, I saw a stat on TV where you know Mike Tomlin and all these winning records in a row and he goes, that's pretty impressive. And he goes, I want to look at that in, in years down the, down the road when Zach Taylor's continued to do that and go, I remember when we got that ninth win the one year to get a winning record. Um, so again, and, and to your point, he also said Said, hey, let's let's not make this more than what it is. But I do think it matters to these guys. Um, they put a lot of time and effort in. You keep score for a reason. I think even the linebacker Taki Taki said it earlier this week for Cleveland. They were talking about sitting starters, um, and you know the whole insignificant game for them. He said, well, there's a score that they keep, and there's a reason they keep it. So uh, I do think that that part matters. It doesn't have to matter to me or you or you fans. It matters to them, the coaches and the players and those involved. And I think that's why today was important for them. Winning is contagious. So is losing. And when you get your 10th winning season since the year 2000, I don't think you can really split hairs on what a winning record means. And you can tell in that locker room they were happy. I think going into the offseason, like Zach said, it gives them a little bit of momentum. And they got the momentum in this game early. The interception by Jordan Battle, which really puts a bow on his rookie yep. season. I think he really came on late. But Joe Mixon, uh, we can get into what this means in a minute about Mixon going right. forward. But he had one of his best games. He's put his name higher in the record books. I thought this was the offense that we wanted to see for a while. They were running the ball effectively. They were getting some big runs. And that opened up other things. Yeah, and again, it's so hard to tell because you're playing against backups. But, you know, Joe had a couple of really explosive runs. The 44-yarder that was the one that actually put him over the 1,000-yard mark. He had a other couple of runs, caught a touchdown pass, um, surpassed um, uh, Rudy Johnson, I believe it was, for number two all-time in rushing touchdowns behind the great Pete Johnson in Bengals history, went over 1,000 yards for the fourth time. And, and I don't think they tried to get these guys milestones. I know Zach made it a point on Wednesday of saying, hey, if they happen organically, great. I do think they tried to get Jamar Chase the 100th catch on the first play of the second half. But until then, they didn't really force feed him the ball to get to 100. And they just handed Joe the ball. He had to get the yards. I mean, he needed 77 yards. They didn't give it to him 40 times to do it. Um, so I thought that was good to see a couple of guys cross milestones. And, and it's not insignificant either. It means something to those guys. It means incentive money for, for Joe Mixon. Um, he did I, the money I, dance. Yeah, he knows I mean, all he, about he that. He knows. I mean, probably a quarter of a mil, something along those lines 
headlines he made off of the things he did today, and so that matters to those guys individually. Uh, so yeah, it was it was good to see that for those dudes. Andre Yosevich to me was one of the guys that we were watching because T. Higgins didn't play with an injury. We'll talk about T in a second, but to see Andre step into that role, which I think we're both on the same page that he's going to be in that role going forward, and a, a nice bow at the end of his season, I think as well. All he does is catch touchdown passes. He caught two more today. <laughs> you know, Charlie Jones had that nice seam route where he got a nice release off the line of scrimmage. Jake put a good ball on him. He showed some of those quickness. We saw him in a couple of jet sweeps today. I mean, is he a guy? I know he's been a little lost as a slot receiver, um, you know, not reading zones or sitting down where he's supposed to, going where he's supposed to. Some of that's rookie stuff, but the seam route was a nice one. A couple of jet sweeps where you go, oh, okay, you can probably do that a little more than Tyler Boyd can do. You start to see some of the things maybe they're already looking forward to trying to do um, in, in this up, upcoming season. Now, we already talked about what this game meant, getting the win, winning season, all that. What can we take out of this game, though? Because, it, like you said, it was almost the fifth preseason game. Yeah, I think, again, guys who wanted to be there. I, 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 you can tell when a guy doesn't want to play hard, and usually that guy gets hurt. I, I thought you saw a great effort across the board from, from everybody. Um, you know, you mentioned Jordan Battle. Uh, he was running the second fastest time of the day to go to the sideline to pick that ball off. He saw it in the air and went and got it. Joe Mixon ran over 20 miles an hour on his one run, for goodness sakes. Uh, you know, and the fact Jake Browning, he's had some interception issues, right? Uh, the Cleveland or the Pittsburgh game was, you know, bad, the bad. bad and uh, and weird at the same time. Uh, and he throws one today, and that wasn't a very good throw. He was a great play. He got tipped and then, and then dive and catch, and he bounces back to throw three touchdowns and continues to show he's more than capable. And um, I think he showed his confidence where he said, I think I'm one of the best 32 in the league. I just happened to, behind, happened to play behind a guy who's maybe top five in the league. But he's proven, listen, if Joe Burrow has to miss time, and maybe this is a lesson now for Joe Burrow as opposed to this year he fought it and went, I got to play for our guys. I got to be in there even though the calf's not right. Maybe he now can sit back and go, I'm not right today or I'm not right this week or for the next two weeks. Jake Browning will do just fine in, the, in that period of time, and then I can come back healthy. I think it was a win-win what Jake Browning showed the whole year and the way he finished it today. I know Browning has the exclusive rights tag he yep. on his deal. Do you think he's back next year? I do. Um, it's just such an easy thing for the team to do. I mean, it, it's a, really a veteran minimum is all they have to offer him, and no other team can even negotiate with him. I don't. I think they'll give him a little bit more than that. I, I think they've always done right by Jake Browning. They gave him a couple game checks last year uh, when they put him on the uh, the 53-man roster, including the AFC Championship game, which is a significant game check. Basically to say, hey, don't go anywhere else. We really value you, and he finally got his chance. I think he really values the fact that the Bengals gave him that chance too. So I, I think they'll do right by him. It's not going to be exorbitant because in a perfect world, Jake Browning doesn't take a single snap next year, right? I mean, that's a perfect world. And even for that for him, he's put enough on tape where if he doesn't take a snap next year, doesn't get hurt, now he's also a restricted free agent the next year that we can get into in that offseason, um, which could affect him still being a Bengals player. But hey, you've got yourself a pretty good backup at the moment. And we've learned this year in the NFL. You better have one. Ooh. Very, very important. No doubt. In the locker room today, I, I take it back to last year on move out day, I believe it was, with Jesse Bates basically said goodbye, was yep. very reflective, and you knew writing was on the wall. He's like, I'm not coming back here. And obviously he's gotten paid and lived up to that in Atlanta. Talking to Tyler Boyd and talking to Joe Mixon today, it seemed like they were very reflective as well. And it took me back to that. Do you think those are two guys that we're going to see in Bengals uniforms again, or is it going to be move on time. I think it's going to be move on time. And Joe Mixon actually does have another year in his contract. They but can they could save they, a lot they, they, yeah, if they get, get out, out from under right if they do that. Um, and I truly think that's the direction they're going to head. But as we found last year, I think that was the direction they were going to head. And then Samaj P. Ryan decides to sign with, with Denver. And suddenly it was, oh, no, 
we now have to have a running back. Well, we've got one under contract. And if you recall, then the leverage was kind of both ways where um, they needed Joe, but they also said to Joe, take a pay cut or we're just going to let you walk. Well, he took a pay cut to his credit. And so um, I do. I, and I think Tyler Boyd sees the writing on the wall and, and understands it. And I thought you're right to your point. I thought he was really reflective um, in the middle of us talking to him. Ty, or, uh, Jake Browning, you know, literally impromptu goes up to him and kind of taps him here and, and said some stuff to us about what he meant to the locker room. So I think even those guys, those teammates, know that he won't be back. Mixon, to me, is still a 20% chance-ish because, again, if you go to this offseason you go – well, there's no veterans out there, and we couldn't get the draft pick we really wanted. We had to go to the fifth round to draft the guy or fourth round to draft the guy. Uh, I think that at that point, maybe Joe Mixon's still in this roster, but if they can make this work, I, I'm with you. I don't see it happening. Two of the last guys on the team that remember what it was like before Zach Taylor, too. Yeah. That's how quickly no, right, things turn right. over. No, that's correct. Um, uh, you know, Tyler said today four guys, and I think that's right. I don't have all four off the I top of my head. I was trying to figure out who the fourth one yeah, was. Um, it used to always be easy when Kevin Huber and Clark Harris <laughs> yeah, were on the right, roster because right. you could always <laughs> count those guys in. Um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out off the top of my head. I cannot remember. Maybe Jonah Williams might be one of those guys because he was the first draft pick that, that Zach Taylor had. So, But there's not very many. And you're right, to your point, that tells you how fast this stuff turns over in the league. Speaking of turning over, already T. Higgins is due a big contract. Obviously, they, uh, from what the reports we know, are not close on getting yeah. an extension. T. didn't play today. He's dealing with that hamstring injury. I don't think I expected him to play no, coming into it. Right. it. Save yourself, T. You've done plenty. Go get your bag. Do you think he's back because they have the option probably to tag him if they want? It's the most interesting question of the offseason because they've got the, the, the they can start to make the tag on February the 20th. They have then until March 5th is the deadline to decide whether or not they want to tag him. That's just ahead of free agency. So you have to determine, all right, if we're going to tag him, can we afford it if suddenly he has to play the tag out? What will his attitude be? I think you know it'll be pretty good because he wants to go get paid like Jesse Bates did the year that he played under the tag. Then it's the, okay, well... If we can field some offers for him, do we then trade him? That probably doesn't come to the draft, so that then puts you in the conundrum of, well, we don't really have the money to pay him if we're going to do some other things in free agency, but we're going to bite the bullet here because we think we can deal him. Can you? Um, and so they've got some real important decisions to make there because it's any which way they can go, which is just let him walk. Um, tag him and play him like they did with Bates, and then hopefully he has a great year, goes and gets his money, or tag him and trade him if the offer's there. It's it's a big, big decision for all parties. I think it's a big off-season for these Bengals, too, because I was telling another reporter like two off-seasons ago were big. Yeah, uh, if you march that same team that they had out there next year, same team untouched, yep. I don't think you're back in that Super Bowl window even with a healthy Joe Burrow. The defense needs some work. The offense could use a couple more tools. They're missing a few pieces. So when you're talking about T. Higgins getting that big deal, I think it almost makes more sense. Like, T., I'm sorry, we'd love to keep you. You want to play on the tag, fine. But then I would ask Bengals fans, would you rather keep T. Higgins when you have other receivers that could slide in there or would you like to take that money and maybe have a little makeover of the defense, which you sorely need? I mean, certainly at safety is, is one of those spots. Uh, interior defensive line is, is a spot. Um, you know, wide receiver is probably a spot because, again, you're going to probably be down two wide receivers if you let T walk. Yeah, they got – you're right. To your point, they got important decisions to make in, the, in this offseason, and it feels like – Feels like just the other day they were going to the Super Bowl, and boy, what a surprise this is. And look at this roster. It's young, and there's not a lot of turnover. And here we are two years later talking about a bunch of turnover. Not a bunch, but enough. Thanks for being with us. For Chris Rankle, I'm Richard Skinner. This has been the Skinny Podcast, the Bengals postgame edition, presented by Blake the Attorney Maislin.